Thank you, Pastor Gary. I appreciate the way the church has joined with John's family in the morning. That's what we have been admonished to do. Mourn with those that mourn. There's nothing more than we can do in our part. Beyond this, Spirit of God takes over. He is the guaranteed comforter who lives on the planet with a mission to comfort the body of Christ. We can only mourn with mourners. And today is Brother John's departure plus much more is September 11. Many in the country that have lost their beloved, they are still mourning. All we can do as Christians is to join them in their mourning. But great God, Holy Spirit, He is God and He is able and capable of releasing great comfort to the hearts of mourners that they are strengthened strengthened to rise up strong, look forward and march forward in spite of all that has gone on in their life. So you praise God for such a provision that only as Christians we can enjoy. Uh, and thank God for leading us in life of faith where we can totally rely upon him. When, when Holy Spirit comforts, he, he strengthens, he overpowers us on the inside that no man can do. It's like if you were, if you were to carry a 50 pound weight, it's heavy. And if you lift it up and you are barely able to carry, somebody much stronger than you comes and he just puts his hand underneath and takes the weight. You simply hold the handle of it, but somebody else has taken the weight in his own strength. And then you carry. You feel like carrying 50 pounds, but you don't really need to put enough energy to lift it up. Somebody else has taken the weight on himself. So is Holy Spirit God that takes the weight that the mourning places on our hearts. So in the end, if you would, I would like to pray that the Spirit of God may, may, may uh, infuse, may release his power and suck away the weight of mourning and release his comfort that man on this planet will not know otherwise. This is beyond human comprehension. Uh, Pastor Gary told me you were looking at discipleship and you have gone through discipleship for past couple of weeks and uh, discipleship is one of my, my favorite, favorite subjects uh, which I'm not actually going to get into. Uh, one of the aspects of discipleship is faith. The disciples of Jesus always struggled with faith. They were needed 
to exercise heavy faith and often they fell short and in his three and a half years training period Jesus uh, did his best to create faith in them he taught he let them exercise where they failed he demonstrated faith so, and faith is where we begin our Christian life and uh, is a daily necessity of us so I would like us to focus on life of Abraham the father of all the believers as we read in Romans 4 uh, 16 he is father of us all then we can come down God gives life to dead and calls things that are not uh, not as they were but before that as it is written I have made you a father of many nations he is our father in sight of God in whom he believed so discipleship uh, is based on faith and Abraham is father of all believers in sight of God it's not Paul's words it's not any disciples thought it's not a nice philosophical feeling it is God's account in God's very own account Abraham stands father of all of us in faith and when we look at the life of father of faith to learn faith from him I come out with three major elements that I want to uh, I want us to focus this morning the very first one is the definition of faith itself as recorded in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 faith is the shadow of things hoped for and substance of things unseen faith is shadow of things hoped for and substance of things unseen unseen and hope something that we do not see with our own physical eyes and still believe hope is built in our imagination hope generates in our imagination when we hope we see with the eyes imaginary eyes when we hope we do not see with our physical eyes that's what we read in Romans 4 uh, uh, that, that's what we read in Romans 8 24 and 25 uh, we do not hope for what we see when we see something we do not hope for it we do not hope for what we see but what we have or what we have but we hope for the things that we do not have yet whatever we do not have we hope for it whenever we have something in our hands we do not need to hope for it and we can't even hope for it because we have in our hands so what we have is not faith what we see is not faith faith is what we hope for faith is to look at the things that we do not possess in our hands that is faith and God being the best believer in entire universe forever he has set an example for us how does God exercise his faith 
I just read it uh, from Romans 4, uh, 17. God who gives life to death and calls things that are not as though they were. He names and calls things as if they exist when they don't. When the entire universe did not exist, he saw, he called it forth, and it came in existence. Every creature that we see, all herbs in the planet, everything that we see, except human being, God saw in his vision and called forth, and they came in existence. This is the nature of God. This is the style of God. He sees what does not exist. He sees the invisible. He sees what no, no one in creature can see because it doesn't exist. And he calls in existence what he sees. And things do exist. This is God. And we are his children and we are commanded to imitate God as his dearly beloved children. We are supposed to follow our father in seeing what our physical eyes don't see, in seeing what the world doesn't see, in seeing what others don't see. More we can see the invisible, more we can hope in God, more closer we walk with God, stronger in faith we are, because faith is what we don't see. We go forward, when we look in life of Abraham, God asked Abraham to look up the land. Genesis 13, 14. Before that, God calls Abraham. Abraham, come on and follow me. Go to a country. Just at a call, Abraham left his household and walked away. He did not know where to go. He did not have any church support him. He did not have any pastor or any counselor or any minister counseling him. He did not have Bible as word that he would open and read it. He had nothing. He just hoped and had faith in God that he never had seen. Right faith. And from that God comes command, leave your father's household and follow me. Abraham's father, Terah, had a huge workshop that manufactured idols. And Abraham was supposed to take over the industry. But God calls him and leaves everything and just walks out. He had no idea where he was headed to. This can only be done when you have a strong, very high level of faith. And then God tells him, uh, in Genesis, as, as we just uh, 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 said 13, 14 God says look up the land Abraham look up the land as far as you see I have given this to you now it was Abraham's job to lift up his high eyes and look beyond uh, far distance he probably came on high place and he looked as far as he could see because he knew the jurisdiction of his own land will be limited by his uh, by his uh, far sight. As far as he could see, became his own land. That's what God's promise was. But having such a huge real estate and having so much of blessings of God, he was turning old 
and had no children. And he was worried. Now God comes and tells Genesis 13, 16 Look at the grains of dust on the seashore and count them. Abraham probably picked up a handful of grains of sand on the seashore and began to count. And you know how how I mean how much possible it would be. I mean one sneeze will just make you recount all day's work. You count ten hours and one sneeze and then you are done. So it is a task. And finally when he when when he would not be able to see grains anymore. He hundred years old man and his uh, eyelids were long longer than he needed and he couldn't see anymore. God, I'm so sorry. I tried to count them all day. It just didn't work. God says, okay, shake your hands, look up. Genesis 15, 4 to 6. Oh yeah. What do you see? Stars. Count them. Okay, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. If it was lights in the ceiling of this church, job is done. But, have you ever tried to count the stars? That's the assignment for tonight. When you begin to count the stars, you barely will be able to pass 25. And the 26, you don't remember whether I have counted that one or not. And, having looked in the sky for a while, your eyes get more trained and you begin to see more stars blink and shine that you did not see before. So restart. You can't be dishonest before God. And he counted and counted, God, I can't see stars anymore. Abraham, you won because it's morning now. Sun is dawn. Oh, I'm so sorry, my, my God. I could not count the grains. I couldn't count the uh, stars. Okay, Abraham, that's the word picture. Whoever can count the stars in heaven, whoever can count the grains of sand, will only be, uh, only be able to count the number of descendants I give you. The heads of your offsprings can only be counted by that man. And wow! Then we read in Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 22, 70 that came to Egypt became as stars in sky and grains of sand on the seashore. Romans 4.19 also we read his offsprings so became the father of many nations just as it had been said to him so shall your offsprings be. He became father of many nations. The number of his children's heads could not be counted by any normal man. This is what is seeing. Why would God give Abraham three things to see? Look at the land. Unless you see, you do not have the idea of your real estate. You, you get what you see. You find what you hope for. That is what faith is. Then God gave him two elements to extend his faith during the night, his sight would be fixed on the stars. During the day, he'll be walking and seeing the sand. This is God's promise. God's promise remained in front of him, in his view, all the time. As long as he stayed awake, God's pr promise was present before him. And that continued to refresh his hope to have countless heads of children that he would have. 
This is what faith is. To see the unseen. And then we come to Hebrews chapter 11. And uh, we can even relate to our today's context. It's incredible. Uh, I mean, it's huge. When we come to chapter 11, uh, reading about those who had faith, from verse 13 onwards, and all these people were still living by faith when they died. Now, this is about those who had faith. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. How many times Christians complain, I had faith. I hoped for. I did not receive my promise. Why? We question God. But here is the fellow believers. They looked. They believed. They cherished their faith. And they did not receive their promise. They only saw from distance and welcomed it. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. They are looking for a country of their own. This is not my country. This is not a country of my own. Neither India. We all have a country of our own that we look towards. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. These children of Israelites I mean, it's amazing. God could have taken them out of Egypt through a different route. They didn't have to face Red Sea. But God took them to Red Sea. When they faced Red Sea, in front of them, Pharaoh's army behind them. God, you are such a poor navigator. We're stuck. Then God rips the sea open, walk through. Okay, they walk through it. And they said, oh God, you really wanted to prove you are great and powerful. That's why you ripped the sea apart and brought us out. Okay, they came out. Nobody understood what was God's intention in ripping the sea apart and taking them through and then closing it over so they could not return. If they, if they had a normal exit, their eyes were always focused at onions of Egypt. They would have, some of them would have made their way back to, into slavery. But God closed the door. No immigration. I mean, in airport, uh, when you come out, you see a sign. Beyond this point, no, no turning back. If, we left a water bottle in, uh, in, in our plane when I was with my family here. And then uh, when, we, when we came out, uh, we can't go back anymore. We have exited. That's what, I mean, they have learned from Red Sea. You can't come back again anymore. Oh, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from dead now this is the graduation certificate this is we all need to long for anything else in this planet he was delivered over I mean sorry Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. Am I in this them? Will I be found in 
them that God is not ashamed to be called their God. This is what a believer is. This is what, who somebody is that, that looks towards his homeland so intently. Even if we receive the promise in this world or not, we know God has given. And we look to the country of our, of our own. And to such, God is not ashamed to be called their God. What else we could have earned in this human life better? Faith is hope. Without faith, without hope, there is no possibility of any faith. Then faith is not confined to hope only. There's another element of faith that we see function in life of Abraham. That is, the original name of Abraham was Abram. Abram meant the father of height. Heated father. <clears throat> father with anger. But God said, now, since I want to, father of, want to make you father of many nations, I need to correct your name. He changed his name to Abraham, which meant father of many nations. Father of height, father of arrogance, transformed into father of many nations. Now, how many times you call yourself by name? It's usually others that call you by your name. Abraham was not calling Abraham, Abraham, all, Abraham all the time. And he did not need to change Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. Others needed to change their confession about Abraham. They were calling him Abraham. Now they all needed to call him Abraham. Confession. Same thing was true with uh, Sarah. Her name was Sarah. And in Genesis 17:15, God says, okay, changing boss will not be enough. We need to bring a change in madam too. Because the together are going to bear the children and they're, together they are going to have family. So madam also needed some change. So you are not going to be Sarah anymore. You will be called Sarah. Sarah means doubtful or argumentative. What do you want to cook? Uh, hamburger. No, no, no. I want to uh, uh, fix chicken. Okay, fix chicken. No, no, why chicken? Why not just uh, go drive through? Oh. Anything that works. Oh, you should tell me something specific. Be a specific, man. Oh, I was specific three times, but you don't, uh, you don't agree with it. So I leave the choice on you. I mean, so much of argument for nonsense. Like, which way you put, push your toothpaste? I mean, it's enough of an issue to break the marriage. That's what she was, argumentative. But God says, no, I need to bring some change. An overhaul was made and she was changed to Sarah, beautiful princess at the age of 90 years. People said, oh, you're just 60 years, 70 years late. It would have been perfect fit 70 years ago. But that's okay. Since you are our boss, we'll call you this way. We'll call you father of many nations. We'll call you old woman. We'll call you princess. So when people begin to call them father of many nations, 
princes, father of many nations, the power of confession began to work in physical built uh, in the structure of this couple. Power of confession. Jesus said in uh, in in Mark 11, 20, have faith in God. Straight. Have faith in God. The second thing is, speak to the mountain. Not pray, not fast, not jump, jump down, jump, jump and shout and dance. Speak to the mountain. Speak. No, not to pray. Speak to the mountain. But before speaking, have faith in God. How? God, I want to have faith in you. How do I do it? Speak. How do I have faith? Speak. What you speak is what your faith is. What you confess is what your faith is. Speak to the mountain. Mountain, we, I mean, people often make fun, stand in front of a hill and say, Hey, go be cast in the sea. Hey, look, he just cast in the sea. Oh, no. Yeah, I knew it would be there. So, people keep making fun of it. But mountain means any cliff that you toil, any, 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 any height, that you toil to climb. Any climbing. Anything that takes effort. Any challenge. Our lives are filled with mountains after mountains after mountains. Challenge after challenge after challenge. Speak to the challenge. Be depart from my life. Address the challenges as a situation, as an individual, as a person. Speak to them. Be gone from my life. In Jesus name, I command you. Command your situations. And they will bring down. They'll, they'll come down. Speak. Speaking is important. God, when he created, in, in the very first verse of Bible, in the beginning, God created heavens and earth. The second verse is, earth was, uh, earth was dark, uh, shapeless, formless. With, I mean, it was void. And Holy Spirit was hovering over it. We do not know how long the Holy Spirit hovered over this darkness and deep waters who was competent enough to do the creation. But creation did not happen until God said. When he said, let there be light, there was light. Until he spoke, until the word came. That is why we read John chapter 1 verse 1 to 3. In the beginning there was word, and the word was with God, word was God. And without him, nothing was created. Through him, everything was created. That's what we read, we read in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16. Through him, by him, for him, everything was created. And everything, there's nothing that is created uh, is not without him. He is the one that created everything. Word. Word. Jesus. We are John 1.14 And the word incarnated and took a body came among us and we knew him as only begotten son of God. Jesus is the word of God who is with God since eternity and who is with God till eternity ends. After eternity ends. Beyond eternity, they exist together. They co they live together. Father, Son, Son, and Holy Spirit, and the Word created this. 
earth was created by God's command. It was created by God's confession. And God has entrusted to us the power of confession. We read in, uh, uh, we read in uh, Isaiah 57, 19, God says, I am the creator of the fruit of your lips. I create what you speak. Amazing. And if that was not enough, Numbers 14, 20, 28, God says, I swear by, by my name, whatever I hear you speak, whatever I hear you speak, I will do it according to that. We are the ones that create the situation. We are the ones that have God do the creation. Whatever we say, he does. So, the physical changes were brought in, in physical uh, body of Abraham and of Sarah. And they became fathers and father and mother. Now, the third thing of faith is, my time is run out, but I'll still just quote it in a minute. Third most important element of faith is, first is seeing hope, second is confession, third one is action. We can hope for we can keep confessing, but we can uh, also keep sitting in the sofa of our home and expect God to change the universe. It will not happen. Because faith needs to be acted upon. Abraham not only believed, but he acted upon. God asked Abraham, your wonderful son, teenager, maybe 11, 12 years of old, you, you are so hopeful for him. Your heart is tied up. The rest of your life is tied up in him. Now, come out, sacrifice him, offer it, offer him to me as a sacrifice. What? Yes. Go to Moriah, region of Moriah, and sacrifice him there. What, God? I have hills in my place. I can walk off my tent and go forward. There is a hill, and we have a family altar. I could do it there. No. Go to this place. Amazing. Abraham woke up early morning. And he was splitting wood. 114, 15 years of age. And he was splitting wood. To do what? To slit the neck of his own very son. That this wood will turn him into ashes. It will take 600 pounds of wood to burn a corpus. To bring it to ashes. Because in India we have cremation. And they require 600 pounds of wood for every single dead body to be brought to ashes. And he woke up early morning, maybe 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning, began to split wood. Old man. He was so prompt in obeying God. He was so aggressive in obeying what God has said. He would not even wait, for, wait to complete his sleep that night. He woke up. And then took the wood and everything that would be required for a burnt offering. And he uh, loaded everything on donkeys and his servants. Probably Isaac was still sleeping. Lifted him up on his shoulders. Walked out with big knife. Obedience. Why this region of Moriah? What was special there? Why couldn't God have him sacrifice elsewhere? It was three days journey. You walk for three days, long enough to process and for you to decide to revert from your dedication. 
if you have faith, know that it will be put to test. And Abraham, when he reached to the mountain, God said, oh, this is the one. Okay, he leaves all his servants, takes all the donkeys and son with all the wood and comes up on the hill and begins to prepare altar. Son helped supply him the words. Father is split. To do what? Abraham knew that these words will be soaked in the blood of my own son. And they'll go on fire. They'll bring the corpus of my son to ashes. But he did it. Book of Hebrews records. By faith... Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went. And the later we read, he sacrificed his son, believing God can raise him from the dead. After my son is dead, after his blood has soaked all the pile of wood, and after the wood is gone in flames, after the wood is turned into ash, when everything is turned to ash, is cooled down, my son will rise out of it. He believed it. He had no case of resurrection to encourage him. We have lots of cases of resurrection. We have seen Jesus rise. We have had many stories, many many testimonies. But Abraham had none. He believed God can get my son back from ashes. Faith calls us to act upon. God bless us very much. May I take few seconds to pray. Dear Holy Spirit, thank you so much. Thank you so much for inspiring your saints to bring the word that is a, that is a life, source of life to us for every day, O oh God. Lord, I pray for this church, for the family of John. I pray, dear Holy Spirit, that you would stretch forth your grace and breathe your comfort in the heart of every morning soul, O oh God. Lord, I pray that you would bring comfort in every heart because you are God of comfort. Paracletus, come by side and, and take the weight of mourning into your precious hands. Thank you because you would do what you have been commissioned for. Praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.